How many times have you given up on making decisions about food and eating because you just couldn't get past the details? And then you later realized how ridiculous the whole thing was. If you're being honest, you know you struggled not because you didn't know what to do. It's probably more because you were afraid you were going to make the wrong choice about what to eat. If this is you, sister, I see you. And I've got five questions that will help you get out of that decision rut or prevent you from even getting there in the future. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Thriving Mom Podcast, where we invite mothers and mothers at heart to think outside the conventional beliefs about motherhood, nutrition, and raising healthy kids. I'm your host, Uime Oguta, recovering perfectionist and non-diet nutrition counselor on a mission to help smart women like you find food and body freedom through intuitive eating, self-care, and mindful practices that will leave you kicking balance to the curb, stop surviving, and start thriving in the beautiful chaos that is motherhood. Are you ready, mama? Let's journey together. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Uime here to help you take back your life from dieting, food fears and obsession, and end mealtime struggles with your precious kids and spouses sometimes. So before we head into the episode, I just realized I haven't highlighted any community member in a long time. And this is partly because I'm unable to see the reviews. I haven't seen any reviews in a while. And now I found out also that a lot of you have been listening to this podcast on other platforms that I'm not aware of. And that's where I found today's uh, podcast review from, from Ray Ray on Listen Notes. And Ray Ray left a review that said, I absolutely love this podcast. Uime is soft-spoken and knowledgeable about these topics. My favorite so far is number nine, how to feel less stressed about sweets in your home. Her stories are relatable and her solutions are practicable. Thank you, Ray Ray. I really appreciate you taking the time to leave me a review. And thank you for saying I'm soft-spoken because most people who know me, (laughs) I tend to be more of a kick-in-the-pants type of girl, if you know what I mean. But it's always from a place of love. And yes, sweets in the home can be really stressful for a lot of people, not just parents, but even just regular people who don't have kids. Having sweets in the home can be very challenging. So I'm glad that that's your favorite episode. Now, if you're yet to leave me a review, what in the world are you waiting for? Head on to Apple Podcasts or listen notes because apparently you can leave it there too and share how this podcast is helping you. I know I get messages from a lot of you who listen to the podcast on other platforms. So I want to ask you a favor. If you leave me a review on any platform, Would you take a screenshot and send it to me on Instagram or Facebook? I want to see it and I want to personally thank you for your support. You can also send me a review via my DM. Just type it in and I'll upload it to my website. Your reviews are truly, truly what will help this podcast get seen by more women. And that's the best way that you can support this podcast and support other women. So thank you so much in advance. You are a gem. Okay, decision fatigue. (laughs) I've been thinking about this a lot lately because so ridiculous. I'm trying to decide between spelling the mum in the Thriving Mum podcast. I'm trying to decide between spelling it M-U-M or M-O-M. Now, I grew up in Nigeria and we use the British spelling for mum, which is M-U-M. 
Now I'm in North America and everyone spells it M-O-M. And this is such a struggle for me because I'm a creature of habit. So I'm still on the fence about where I want to land when it comes to that spelling. So if you have any opinions, (laughs) send them my way. I'd be glad to hear. Maybe I should do a poll. Yeah, I probably should. Anyway, this struggle got me thinking about how so many of us women struggle with making decisions when it comes to food, eating for ourselves, as well as eating for the people who may be in our household. So that doesn't necessarily have to be kids. It could be a partner. It could just be the rest of your family. I've been thinking about how we have these decision struggles and how they impact the household, especially if you're the one who makes the food and eating decisions in the home. Now we've come full circle with the pandemic. And while things seem to be getting better, many of us are just tired and feel exhausted from the weight of the past year, especially around this time because we've come full circle. So you have a lot of people being really anxious. You know, your body's remembering that stress and trauma and we're just tired. It's monotonous and tiring, even boring for some of us. But the thing is, we all still have to eat. We still have to eat. So many of us are stuck because we can't decide on what to eat or feed our kids. So we don't plan at all. And then we end up scrambling last minute to put something together or ordering takeout. And then we feel bad about it. Some of us even have good intentions to plan our meals. But then something puts a dent in the plan and out the window goes the meal planning. In either case, the struggle is real. And while there might be some big decisions for some people when it comes to food and eating... For some of us, that struggle is more nuanced, like choosing between food cooked with butter or oil. So at the end of the day, isn't the aim just to cook food and eat? I know, I know. Before we head down that road of one is healthier than the other, let's back up and think about a few things first. If you're having to choose between oil and butter for cooking, you're among the few people who are privileged enough to have a choice when it comes to food. Some people are not that lucky, but whatever your experience may be, I acknowledge and value that in this space. When it comes down to the heart of the matter, the reason why so many of us struggle to make decisions is this. You have made your responsibility as a mom, as a partner, as a sister, or the primary person responsible for food and eating in your family means something about you as a person. You have beliefs about what it means to be a mom who feeds her family healthy meals. And the thought of doing anything outside that scares you. So you'd rather stick to what is safe and convenient, even when it no longer serves you. I want you to know that this is completely normal and understandable. But if the last year has taught us anything, we need to realize that there comes a time when some of the beliefs that we have no longer serve us. And guess what? You can choose to opt out at any time. Now, we all have different life experiences and circumstances, so I'm not going to sit here and give you a one-size-fits-all to-do list. Rather, I'm going to guide you with some questions that would help you start critically thinking about why you struggle in your unique circumstance so that you can find a solution that works for you. And then you can rinse and repeat what works, and throw out what doesn't. Okay, number one, what matters to you and your family when it comes to food and eating? Pretty straightforward, right? Decide what matters. 
Is your family the kind of family that would rather eat the same thing all the time? Do you like variety? Is your family the kind of family that likes leftovers and they don't mind eating them, you know, two, three more times? Decide what matters to you and your family when it comes to eating. Number two, what are your thoughts about what it means to be the primary caregiver or the one who's responsible for food and eating in the family? What are your thoughts about that? And if you're not the one who's responsible, because I know there's some families where the dads are the ones who are responsible for this, but what are your expectations? What do you believe that he should be doing? Because that also impacts the decision making. So think about that. For me, I know one that used to trip me up was the belief that a good mom makes food from scratch for her kids. So if this is you and you're able to do so, make meals from scratch, by all means, do what works for you. For me, it wasn't working at that time in my life because I was a very busy mom. I was newly postpartum, was solo parenting three kids because my husband was working out of town. And I was also just recovering from baby blues and losing my mom a few months earlier. So there was a lot going on. And I would remember there were times when I would just be so tired and upset and I would take it out on the kids. It was just, it was a mess. It wasn't working. The thought and belief that a good mom makes meals from scratch didn't work for me. So I had to opt out of that. And I'm so glad I did because now I cook meals from scratch some days, but I'm not married to it. Like I don't feel like a failure if I don't cook. And I've learned to give myself grace and compassion and be okay if sometimes we eat cereal for dinner. It's funny because I remember when I first told my kids that they could have cereal for dinner and my daughter said this to me, I'll never forget. She said, Finally, one less thing for you to do. Now we can relax instead of stressing about dinner. So again, think about how those thoughts are serving you. Number three, what could I do differently given my unique circumstance? This one is for my Pinterest lovers. And don't get me wrong, I love Pinterest. But the issue is there's so many of us who get stuck on this is what it says. This is how that person did it. So this is how I have to do it. And I see this a lot with my clients when it comes to meal planning. There's so many of them who think that meal planning has to be, you get all the meals out, you portion them out, you cook them, and they're ready to go. For some people, that might work. But you have to think about your own unique circumstance. Again, going back to what matters. Does your family like eating the same thing over and over again for three to four days straight? You have to remember that the taste and the texture of food changes over time. So for instance, if you make chicken, and you leave it in your fridge for three to four days, the chicken starts to get tough. It's not as soft as the previous day. Do you think that your family or you would like the taste after three to four days? Maybe not. So rather than cook everything at once, why not split it? Cook what you're going to eat within a day or two, and then season the other one, freeze it that way. So when you're ready to cook, you bring it out, and it's already seasoned. All you need to do is just go ahead and cook it. Again, We look at those things for inspiration, but we have to figure out how does it work for our family. Maybe other people enjoy making meals from scratch for dinner, but then you work outside the home and you get home. You have 20 minutes between getting in the door and out the door again to take your kids to soccer practice or whatever. Do you think that 20 minutes is enough time for you to start heating up something in the the microwave or in the oven and feed your child? Or would you rather just go through the drive-thru, get the kids something to eat and move on with your day. Then another time when you're not that busy, you can actually sit down and eat. Again, 
do what works for your family. Think about your own situation and see how you can make things work so that people are not struggling and it's not stressful for you as well. The next question you can ask yourself, how can I set myself up for success? Always think about setting yourself up to succeed, especially when you start doing this. You know what matters. Think about what the future you would do. Now, our brains like to default to familiar ways of doing things because that saves us energy. We don't have to think too much. But you have to be intentional about doing the things that will help you take a step closer to the future you that you're looking for. Perhaps that looks like getting your kids in the kitchen so that they can help out with writing the grocery list, food prep, or cooking. Maybe you can involve your family in the meal planning process so that it's not such a burden. They can also choose and decide what they want to eat. For us, meal planning and grocery shopping list is a family affair. My struggles usually start from my kids. So when it's time for the grocery list writing and meal planning, Everyone has to be involved. We chat about what we'd like to eat in the coming week, and then we write our grocery list from there. We write our meal planning list from there. My kids get to contribute. They learn how to spell in the process because I usually get them to write the grocery list. And it's kind of like a fun thing. They get to help out, and they're also learning in the process. So figure out what makes sense for your family. How can you set yourself up to succeed? Remember, if you're living in a household... Everyone is responsible for helping the household thrive. It's not just your responsibility. That's why I asked you to make sure that you're thinking about the thoughts that you have about yourself. If you think that you are solely responsible for all of this work, then your actions are going to drive you that way. They will always bring you back to reinforcing the idea that you're solely responsible. But if you believe that this is a family affair or a household affair, then you'll be more open to seeing how everybody in the household can contribute. I hope that makes sense. Now, the final question is, how can I celebrate my wins? Very important as well. This is the part that we often overlook because we're always on the go, go, go. We don't take the time to look back and see how far we've come and applaud ourselves. And I think this is such an important thing because When you're celebrating your wins, it actually fuels you to keep going and it encourages you that you're not doing such a bad job because, of course, the world is out there trying to tell you that you're not doing enough and you need to do more. But if you actually take the time to pay attention to how far you've come, to see how much you've improved, to see the little wins that you're making on a daily basis with your choices, then you can relax knowing that you're doing what's best for you. So I'll just quickly recap the five questions. Name what matters to you and your family when it comes to food and eating. What matters? Number two, what are your thoughts about what it means to be the sole or primary contributor when it comes to food and eating in your family? And if you're not the primary person, what are the thoughts and expectations you have of the other person? And number three, what could you do differently given your own unique circumstance? Number four, How can you set yourself up for success? And number five, how can you celebrate your wins? Now, friends, I know that this is a lot to unpack, but that's why I'm here. I'm here to help you challenge the narrative that tells you this is the way you're supposed to be a mom or a woman in society. I'm here to help you think differently about how you can show up and live your life. 
I just want to remind you that it's never too late to start doing this work. The best time to start is now. And remember to give yourself compassion and lots of grace. It's challenging, but it is doable. Once you stick to the process and trust yourself, in the long run, it'll pay off. Now I know that life is already complicated as it is. Eating doesn't have to be. So I hope this episode was helpful. And regarding my dilemma with spelling mom in the Thriving Mom podcast, it doesn't really matter to me. They're pronounced the same way. Maybe sometime in the future, I'll create a poll for it and then you get to vote and decide whether I keep the name or not. But for now, it's not a big deal. Life goes on. All right, my friends, I'm so happy you were able to join me today. If you found this episode helpful, please share it. Don't forget to subscribe because many more episodes like this are coming up. I would love to hear from you. So send me a DM on Instagram or Facebook and let me know how you're applying the things that you're learning from this podcast. All right, my friends, I hope you have an awesome week ahead. And until next time, keep thriving. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, you've got to check out my free food freedom guide because it gives you practical steps you can take to let go of dieting, stop obsessing about food, and eat in a way that you enjoy. Get your food freedom guide at oliveandbliss.ca slash foodfreedom. And if you'd like to learn more about me and how I can support you to make peace with food and your body, then head on over to oliveandbliss.ca. I'm always rooting for you, my friend. Until next time, keep thriving.